Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. We're pretty deep into the week between the preseason and the regular season. Uh, the teams kind of go underground, if you will, for a week. You know, they just practice. There's nothing really to see in terms of games. Uh, so to keep fans up to date on what's going on, this seemed like a good time to do some media updates and sound quotes from the weekend's practices. Perhaps the biggest news of the weekend had to do with Kevin Herter. Herter missed all five preseason games. He missed the first two. There was some hope that he was coming along. Uh, the, the plan last weekend was you know, to get him a couple more practices before he started playing in games. And then there was a setback last weekend. So he missed the three games, the three preseason games last week. And he did return to activity this weekend. I don't think the Hawks had the most physical of practices Saturday. Uh, that was sort of what Lloyd Pierce hinted at. He said that there wasn't a whole lot of contact except for one drill at the end. And Herter did not participate in that one drill. But he said that Kevin did the rest of practice. You know, a lot of the shooting drills and movement things. After practice, when the media came in for media availability, Herter was still on the floor, you know, getting shots up, moving around, looked pretty fluid. And then later, when some of the other players were doing their interviews, you could see Kevin kind of in the back. If you, It's two full basketball courts in the gym, and we're in the far corner. But if you kind of look across to the opposite corner where the Hawks have their fitness equipment, you can kind of see into that room a little bit. And Kevin was going 100% on a treadmill. Or not a treadmill, but it looked like an exercise bike. So he was... He was pumping in an exercise bike at a furious pace after practice as well, which I thought was a very good sign. And so coming in today, I think Lloyd Pierce anticipated we were going to be asking about Kevin. He likes to guess essentially what the first question is going to be and just come out with an answer before anybody even asks a question. And he knew that after Sunday's practice, we were going to be very interested to know about the status of Kevin Herter, who was on the floor when coach came over. Kevin practiced. Breaking news. Tweet it right now. Tweet it. Beginning to end. It was good. It was actually good. Uh, full beginning to end. Uh, we scrimmaged. I would say the last 30 minutes in total time. It's probably more than that, but it was good. We got, uh, I think he sat out for three minutes in the first scrimmage and two minutes of eight minutes scrimmage. But that was every, what everyone did. So full practice, start to finish, looks good. Hopefully he feels good. That's, that's the next wave, but it's good to have him out there. It's good to have everybody out there. Trade practice today as well. So it's good to just have all of our guys out there and competing. And just had a scrimmage and finished 23-16. Uh, so, yeah, good energy. Have a light day tomorrow. A lot of shooting, a lot of individual stuff. Uh, getting ready for Detroit properly. Any update on his availability for Thursday? Or? No, I mean, it, you know, it's going to be the same old deal. We come back tomorrow. we got a scheduled light day. Uh, you know, and, and hopefully go through that because now, if, uh, as you're looking at it, it's still going to be conditioning. How does he respond to a day like today? And, you know, when we come back and go hard on Tuesday, will he be available to do that? You know, if he can string some, some days together, I think there's a lot of hope. That's really what it's been about the whole time. We just keep having setbacks along the way. So, you know, we'll see you tomorrow on a scheduled light day. 
going to get through some shooting and do some conditioning and you know will that put them in position to, to have a great day on Tuesday which is probably the biggest indicator for them. So there you go uh, Kevin did some shooting and light practice yesterday hit the scrimmage pretty hard today essentially as hard as any of his teammates and so now it's just a waiting game to find out if you know his body reacts in any sort of negative way and if it doesn't then things are trending in the right direction uh you know later on he talked about the starting lineup it's not like he's ruled out herder as a possible starter for the beginning of the season he hasn't that's still a possibility uh the first game is coming thursday in detroit so uh between now essentially this is monday morning when i'm recording between now and thursday there's still time for him to uh, get in whatever he needs to get into to potentially play in the first game and to potentially start in that first game. Uh, Pierce has indicated that Monday should be a light workout. Tuesday is going to be a heavier workout. I suspect if Herter comes out of things pain-free, you know, he could work out Monday, work out Tuesday, and then have Wednesday as a day to just kind of tell how his body reacts and then to make a decision there. Uh, random irresponsible guess, you know, if he does play, it probably be under some sort of minutes restriction because uh, I think the biggest thing at this point is, you know, beyond just checking to see if his body reacts with any pain, the second thing is, you know, what kind of shape is he in? And so I imagine if he does play, there's going to be some sort of minutes restriction, as there has been in some of the recent outings for Cam Reddish as he comes back from his rehab. In some other pretty big news, Lloyd Pierce knows his starting lineup for the most part. We just mentioned a minute ago that, you know, one roster spot or one spot in the starting lineup, I should say, is still up for grabs due to the team just trying to figure out whether Kevin Herter is going to be available or not and whether or not he might start in that situation. Uh, but Lloyd Pierce knows pretty much the other four starters that he'll start on Thursday in Detroit around whoever ends up being the starting two guard. Tough right now. Alex is gonna start. John's gonna start. Trey's gonna start. DeAndre Hunter's gonna start. I got no idea at the two spots. That's not coach's answer. That's really I just don't know yet. I'd love to see Kevin put some days together. Uh, ideally, would like to see this go cam out into the fire. And then you got DeAndre Bembry, who's just been Mr. Consistency. That at the end of the day, because Cam has many restrictions, Kevin's coming back. You know, may have to go that route. I just don't know yet. We'll, we'll figure it out. I think knowing Kevin's going to play and knowing what Cam's minute restriction may end up being, that may factor into it. It may help with the decision, but I just don't know the advances right now. No real surprises there among the four players that Lloyd Pierce listed. Trey Young, he's a good point guard. He's the only real point guard on the roster full-time. That was an automatic. John Collins had to be nearly as much of an automatic He's going to be your starting power forward. Gets a little bit more interesting at small forward and center, but if you watched any of DeAndre Hunter in the preseason and you keep in mind, you know, where he went in the draft and how important he is to the team's future, I mean, you put that all together, and that was kind of a no-brainer too. And then you've got Alex Lynn at center, who's the best center on the roster, uh, but I'm not necessarily sure... You know, you've got these questions of fit, you know, what you have with the bench, what you have with the starters. And I know I mentioned some other possibilities, but looks like it's going to be Alex Len starting at center. He struggled the last couple of preseason games, but 
hopefully with a week off of practice, whether it's just getting his rhythm or getting his body right, uh, he's ready to go and, and doing well for Thursday. But all in all, as far as those four being a part of the starting lineup, those were the most logical solutions, the highest probability solutions, and those four players, barring something unforeseen, should be ready to go for Thursday. Now it's just a matter of figuring out the starting two guard. And it's going to be interesting just because, you know, one or two of the three players that he listed could be on minutes restrictions. Cam Reddish was on a 20-minute restriction at the end of the preseason. You know, is he still going to be on that to start the regular season? If Herter comes back, could he be limited to 12 or 15 or 20 minutes? And then you've got DeAndre Bembry, who, you know, last season... Lloyd Pierce said a few times he really likes having Bembry's energy off the bench. Again, you know, entirely new roster and how pieces fit together is different, so maybe that's not as appealing this year as it was last year, but at least for last year, you know, he said that he preferred having Bembry off the bench. So uh, you've got minutes restrictions to worry about, bench fit to worry about, health to worry about, and so, you know, we'll see. I think if if Kevin Herter is healthy 100% at this point, then he probably names Herter the starter and we go from there. But that's not the case. And so interesting decisions and information uh, is yet to be seen. In terms of some very small, nagging little things in terms of injuries and whatnot, uh, Trey Young did not practice Saturday, had the day off for what Lloyd Pierce deemed as a little bit of a sore back, uh, but that was just a light day. I think they were just, you know, giving him the off day to rest up. And he went through the scrimmage today as well. Uh, after practice, he looked good. John Collins, Cam Reddish, and DeAndre Hunter were having a shooting game. I think Reddish was winning most of the shooting games, and then Trey came over and started busting it up, and I think he, <laughs> once he came over, he started winning those games. Uh, so he was looking uh, feisty, if you will, and healthy and playful. So I think those are all good signs that his back didn't seem to be bothering him much today. And then John Collins missed the last preseason game due to illness, due to the flu. So I asked John Saturday how he was feeling. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Uh, obviously, I was a little sick. That all the travel and everything got to me a little bit going from um, back home up to New York. I'm feeling a lot better now, able to get through practice, which is great for me, great sign for me. It lets me know that, you know, not feeling any, any type of way. Um, body feels great as well, too, so trying to just keep that going. going to get some good recovery in. You talked about playing with Vince as yes. a power forward. Yeah. Coaches talked about you playing with Jabari. What changes for you when you're the center versus the power forward? Do you like it? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot changes. Obviously, you know, personnel, so I'm going to have to go go from playing a, a little bit more of a bruiser role, more rebounds, sort of hitting and, and playing more of a, a defensive role. I'm definitely going to have to be communicating more. And I feel like when I'm at that four position, you're going you're gonna to see me red a lot more, switching a lot more. Um, so, yeah, offensively and defensively, um, I'll say more defensively than offensively. It changes a couple things, but I feel like my rookie year, uh, me playing majority of my minutes at the five at, in the league, you know, obviously gave me a little bit of an expectation of what to expect this year. So I feel pretty confident. It was an interesting preseason for John, I guess you might characterize it. Uh, a lot of adjustments. I think he was adjusting to you know, a hip 
injury that was reported right before camp. So I think he was, you know, just upping his activity late, uh, late in camp and into the preseason. You know, he had the illness during the preseason that kept him out of a game. But more than that, you know, he's adjusting to, you know, the Hawks only brought back six players from last year's team. So, you know, there's a lot of new players to adjust to. I think there's less shooting. He's played a lot more with the rookies, and they don't necessarily have the respect as shooters, and so the floor was was spaced a little bit differently for him. And, you know, teams know what the Trey Young-John Collins pick-and-roll combination can do now. Uh, so especially when the spacing isn't there, there's going to be a defensive scheme loading up against it. And so Lloyd Pierce was asked, you know, how, you know, what has to happen next in, in, in a world where Trey John pick and rolls are wonderful, but being loaded up on against, you know, what's the next step to react and come up with a counter move? We've talked about it. You know, Trey had a couple of great passes to John in today's scrimmage. It's just been an adjustment. We've talked about he's not getting the lob that he's accustomed to getting, which is frustrating. Uh, but that's just part of second year. You know, team scout, teams are prepared. And one thing they're going to prepare for is blitz Trey, take away John's lob. So we've got to find ways for those guys to still be effective. We're going to set screens up higher. We got to hit John earlier. John's got to be more of a playmaker out of the pick and roll, not just a lob guy. So all those things are big. You know, John, we know this pick and pop guy as well. Um, but we'll adjust. We know that's the dynamic. That's the dynamic that's going to get us going. We have to be able to be versatile with that dynamic. We can't just be a pick and roll team that John gets lobbed and trades for three. We got to be able to play second side action. John has to be able to be more of a facilitator. Uh, all of those things are, are all in play, and they show some great signs of that today. To finish up, let's talk a little bit about Trey Young's defense during the preseason. Honestly, you know, other than the progress of DeAndre Hunter, I think maybe the most interesting trend for the Hawks in the preseason was seeing Trey Young play a little bit of defense. I don't think it's a, a vast overstatement to say that. Trey Young wasn't a great defender last year. Uh, He's not a huge person. He's on the small side. Teams are going to look to pick him out. And they did with great effectiveness. You know, as Trey adjusted to just playing in the NBA, as he adjusted to learning his opponents, as he adjusted to the physicality of playing against grown-ups. It was, it was a, a struggle for Trey on defense last season. I don't think that's a harsh thing to say, and you know, no, maybe and perfectly normal that it would be a struggle uh, for an undersized point guard playing 30, 35 minutes a game, whatever it was he was playing. And it's good that he figured out how to be an effective offensive player. You could see that progression over the course of the season, but we didn't see it on defense. And there were hints and glimmers in the preseason that Trey might figure out some things on defense. So I asked Vince Carter, Lloyd Pierce, and Trey Young himself uh, about what's going to be different for Trey Young in year two on the defensive side of the ball. Let's start with Vince. In your eyes, is, is Trey getting better on defense? And if so, what's he figuring out? 
just how important it is. Nightly, nightly basis, uh, they're going to come after him. And you know, I, I think he wants to accept that challenge now and, and understand on offense, you know, it's, he's going to do what he does. But for us to win, we are going to have to help each other. And you know, he, he's committed himself to it. He's, he's, his effort getting over screens and communicating defensively. There again, it's just a year of maturity, to be honest with you, because it's like, now understanding the defenses and understanding has played teams before, knowing tendencies of guys who've already been in the league before. That that's that that's a big deal. I mean, we've had guys. You know, we go through scouting reports and we'll talk about a guy who's already been in the NBA, and some of these guys are like I don't know. You know, I take it for granted because I've been around long enough. You know, but then when the newer guys when they come in, you ask me about them, I'm like I don't know. So it just kind of goes hand in hand. In hand. So we try to help each other and get everybody acclimated and comfortable as fast as possible. Uh, to kind of piggyback off that, uh, is there anything you guys can do schematically or you know, maybe uh, sometimes put a Hunter or a Cam or, or, on point guards and kind of help them out with certain well, levels? No, it's, like, it's not even that. I mean, it, it just depends. You know, we, we, so you got to think, when you do that, you're putting him on a, a taller guy, which is going to put him in post because of defense and a whole different uh, scenario. So it's, it's, just, it's just us really honing in on just – Taking pride in our matchup. I mean, this is the NBA. You're not going to guard anybody one on one for the most part. It's just not going to happen. Um, but you know, our, our our defensively, we just have to just lock in and more more so than anything, our communication just has to get better. You know, you know, it's just it's the it's the trending topic for for years. You bring young guys in, they have great chatter in that locker room. You go in that locker room, it's a lot of talk. When you come in between the lines, sometimes it's like, what? Say, speak up. You know, it's just but it's just understanding what to say. It's natural to go in there and have a conversation because you you talk about anything, you know what to say because of the conversation. Sometimes you need to get in the game, making sure you're saying the right thing. You, you, you kind of freeze up, you're hesitant. You know, I don't want to call the wrong thing and get in trouble. Well, just say something. So we're kind of getting through that, and guys just kind of, like I said, getting active into the game. It's, it's the game we love, but it's a different game because it's the dream of all of these young guys. And now we're here trying to put all of that together with the concept of a coach, what's asked of you. So it's coming. It's coming. It's just, it's just a, it's a common common theme that I've, I've seen you know, playing with, with younger teams. And, uh, you know, the more we drill it, talk about it, practice it, hopefully it just becomes second nature. Hopefully. One thing that I meant to mention on an earlier podcast and didn't quite fit in was in that first game, and it relates to Trey's defense, of course. Uh, They played the game against the Pelicans. They got hammered. The Pelicans played great offense, but I think one of the things that they got a little bit burnt on is they came into that game you know, ready to switch two through four, and they did that fine. I mean, in certain situations, that didn't work out great. But, you know, for, for a first game, you know, they, they seemed to have that part scheme-wise. But it seemed like they wanted Trey to go under screens. He was guarding Lonzo Ball. Lonzo doesn't have a reputation as the world's greatest shooter. It seemed like, you know, Trey took that game plan and went with it. And, you know, I guess going under the screens probably isn't the hardest thing to execute anyways. But it looked like he was doing it. It's just that... Lonzo, to his credit, looks like he's really worked on his shot. Um, his his jump shot mechanic looks so much better than it did last season, and so that worked out poorly. I don't think it was an ill-conceived idea. 
I think it's just that, you know, Lonzo wasn't quite the player who they thought he was. So credit to Lonzo for that one. Uh, today I asked Coach Lloyd Pierce, again, what's different for Trey Young defensively in his second season? What's different for Trey defensively in year two? I think just engaged. You know, I, I, I think he's, he's, just, he's been more engaged. He's, he's competed at a better level thus far. We're trying to uh, trying to use our defense to where on his matchup he can lock in. And we definitely don't want to put him in a lot of switching opportunities because who knows who he will end up on. He's going to Detroit on uh, Thursday. And I don't know if Joe Johnson is at the three or the four, but we don't want to switch with you know, Reggie Jackson or Derrick Rose, which is tough enough as it is. But to have Joe Johnson take him down to the post and, you know, an efficient, patient scorer, we all know here in Atlanta, uh, we want to avoid that and keep Trey in a natural position where he's defending pick and rolls and he's up the floor. And um, So we're trying to limit how much he has to switch and keep him locked into his matchup. He knows whether to go under a guy in pick and roll or go over a guy in pick and roll. He knows to continue to pursue and get contests. And it helps everyone else. We have a lot of guys that are going to be in switches, and you know, that's their package. His package is a little bit different. There you have it. His package is a little bit different. 